Hi, welcome. This is Stacy, and I'm with Jonathan, who's a host, and this is your Post Workup Podcast. You can watch full episodes of the Post Workout Podcast on my private Facebook group, Diesel Fitness, DZZL Fitness, or you can listen to full episodes on the following platforms. Hey, what's up? This is Johnny, and you're listening into another Post Workout Podcast episode. So this podcast is all about highlighting people who live a fitness lifestyle because it's about longevity of life. It's not about no 12-week program. It's not about the six-week program. It's not about the six-month goal. It's about the rest of your life and how exactly you want to live that and preparing yourself and building that foundation. That's exactly why I have the Evolve Coaching and Mentorship Program is to allow you to build that foundation so where you're sustainable and you are able to live a healthy and fit lifestyle with the body you want with the mind you want see the body and mind interconnect and it's not all about what look you're going for it's what's up in here as well so on this episode I have my cousin Stacy who is all about the conscious state of mind and and how to develop your mind through meditation through understanding yourself and just self-awareness in general and we dive deep into what she is all about Hey, last thing, if you're interested in the Evolve Coaching and Mentorship Program, go to www.johnnydiesel.com. That's J-O-N-N-Y-D-Z-Z-L.com for more information and inquiries. I do offer a free coaching call, so by all means, please book a call in and let's make sure we get you on the right track. Alright, right, so this is the post-workout podcast. I'm with my cousin Stacy. We're giggling because I forgot to put the memory cards in the camera. I'm pretty sure this is my 10th time doing one, so I should be able to. Sure, anyways. sure. No, <laughs> anyways, um, I know this is, this is definitely a fitness podcast, so, but we were talking about death. <laughs> so I do want to shed some light onto that because like you said, and I said it previously, it's a dark topic. <laughs> what are your thoughts on how to shed some light on death? Mm, spreading awareness about it, talking about it. And I think the best way to talk about it is like starting with youth and the children because they're the ones that are going to be the future. So if they have a more positive light about death and dying, then um, it can teaches others and inspires them as well. What are some first steps that you would kind of implement? Well, I think having a death plan, right? Knowing how you want to die, that's the most important thing, right? So that you're prepared for when that time actually does come. Um, a lot of people on their deathbed have um, things or unfinished business. So um, that could be unhealed trauma or things like that, um, fights or um, disputes that they'd like to uh, overcome and kind of clear the air with. So kind of make amends with. So yeah. that's, I think what a lot of people experience on their deathbed so and that just really comes down to constantly doing like the internal work that you need to do healing yourself um therapy uh, workshops spiritual workshops like those types of things um mm -hmm. so you said spiritual like how mm -hmm. you are a very spiritual person mm -hmm. i've noticed that over the years like you've kind of evolved <laughs> into this being and it's it's very intriguing to me because i'm starting to get into that that you have to, great. yeah. Well, you have to have that that mental connection with a spirit, the spiritual you, and then obviously the physical. You. Like, yeah, I came from just bodybuilding and you know 
kill yourself to grow and learn. But then there's also that kind of Zen side where you kind of have to be that inner peace and kind of meditate, learn to meditate, learn to focus. Uh, why have you done that with yourself? Um, I think it, I think that started with my childhood. <clears throat> I didn't have the easiest childhood. Um, and so with that, I learned, I picked up learned behaviors, um, bad habits, unhealthy habits um, that I, you know, struggle with, constantly struggle with um, and are trying to work through so that I become healed so that when I raise my son, I am not passing on any of my unhealed trauma to him. And that's what it's that's why they call it intergenerational trauma, right? We pick up our parents' fear and anxiety. We learn those things. Pain and all that stuff. We weren't that's not something that we know. We were taught that. So how does someone make that an importance? How do you make that a priority? Um, everyone has their own spiritual journey. And so what I found is you can't force that onto someone. You really can't. It's like, it's like asking an addict to be clean. You can't ask them to do it. They have to have that willpower within themselves to want to do it. So what are the first steps? Um, what are the first steps to starting a spiritual yes, journey? Yes, spiritual journey. Um, the first steps is starting to heal yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. Starting to heal yourself, starting to take the time for yourself. Um, to reflect, everyone has some type of trauma that they need to work through, mm -hmm. everyone. That's just, we don't, that's, that's the whole point of a human experience, right? There's highs, there's lows, you know, just, and, we, and we do, we live in a, um, in a state of suffering. Mm -hmm. Suffering comes, suffering goes, it's the cycle of samsara. So how do we improve that? How do we that improve process? it? I think for the general public, I think the, the best way to start is to find a therapist and to find your support, your support network. Once you've like found a therapist that actually works well with you, there are a lot of therapists out there that are not good. I'll tell you that. How are you feeling? Yeah, well, and I mean, okay, for me in particular, I, I've done the clinical route. Um, Describe the clinical route. Oh, so going to like a psychotherapist or a psychiatrist, right? And what they, what they offer is a Band-Aid fix. What are they going to do? They're going to prescribe you medication. They're mm -hmm. going to prescribe you um, anti, antidepressants. They're going to give you sleeping pills, anti-anxiety pills. Um, these are things that are numbing your emotions. So you're actually not really feeling your emotions. And for instance, something like pain, pain is... Um, actually a good thing because pain actually lets you know that there's something wrong and what we do in societies where we're taught to avoid pain or to numb it and what happens with that it means that pain is actually prolonged and mm. that and that is what is called the cycle of, of samsara samsara is, samsara is samsara. Um, a cycle of suffering okay mm -hmm. from that just what it's yeah called? cycle of suffering yeah cool. mm -hmm. explain that the cycle of suffering yeah Cycle of, all right, then you're educating going, me, you're teaching into, me. Yeah, we're going into the, my, whole, my whole course here. Do okay. it. So, um, suffering uh, happens on a mind body level. Mm -hmm. 
where it starts to affect your emotions and you start to get confused with things like um, attachments and desires. And what happens in, in, your, in this cycle of, of suffering is these types of emotions start to pollute your body. And once they start to pollute the body, it turns your body into a compulsive mind-body system. Um, over time, which is called an allostatic overload, um, chronic stress, um, these things can actually lead to things like PTSD, um, depression, anxiety, dementia, uh, liver disease, gut disease, cancer, <laughs> all that stuff. And so uh, what uh, I, I teach is how uh, mindfulness and the practice of mindfulness meditation can actually change your state of consciousness so that when you have suffering in your life, you are encouraged to embrace it instead of avoid it. Wow. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's pretty cool from just, you know, getting into fitness and health. <laughs> yeah, here we go. But you know what? I'm going to tell you something. Uh, meditation is actually the ultimate workout. Okay. It actually is the ultimate workout because it's training your mind. Mm. It's training the mental muscle of awareness and it's training the mental muscle of mindfulness to bring your attention back to a focal, a focal point, which is usually the breath. That's mm -hmm. the, 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 the foundational work. Do you think that should come first before even hitting the gym? If some, so for example, for someone just coming, coming up, right? They, you know, they realize that their life, their quality of life is a piece of shit, mm -hmm. right? They need to do something or else, you know, they'll die in like, 20, 30 years. How do you, what are the, do you think that's spiritual and training that aspect first is more important than, you know, lifting some weights, you know, fixing a diet? Um, that's a really good question. Um, yes. <laughs> check mark for you. Jonathan, you get a gold star. Yes. Um, well, here's the thing. Uh, on, a, on an ego perspective, Trade, ego, as in ego, ego, sorry, ego sorry. perspective, I think, uh, and how society um, is viewed, training would probably, uh, exercising would probably be the first thing, right? Because that's a physical thing. Yes. And mental is something that you can't see results from right away. Um, ne neither is training, but but with training, if you if you the second you start to sweat, and 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 your heart rate goes up then the hormones get released in your body of serotonin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, in meditation, the same thing happens too. Uh, but the thing is, is that uh, it's much harder because we uh, live in a, a society where every, we're, we're so distracted by things. Everything comes, you want things right away. Here's a pill for this, like here's a quick fix for that. And so um, meditation, you, can, you have to work to get to that sort of state of uh, higher consciousness or the stable mind or what we call the solution mind. Do you think it's because it's not tangible? Well, meditation is totally tangible. It's just, I think it's just finding the right teacher and being taught in a specific way that caters to the type of person, right? Everyone has a different way of learning, right? So. I don't know if this is working. Yeah. Am I meditating? Am I meditating? Some people think meditation is supposed to be this blissful, like Zen thing, um, where your your mind stops working, uh, or where your mind, well, you just stop thinking, and you actually cannot turn off your mind. Um, you uh, 
you're always going to be thinking, right? What what the most important thing about about meditation is being like, ah, okay, I'm aware that I'm thinking. All right, well now, but that's not the focus of this practice, right? The focus of this practice is to come back to the breath. And so I'm bringing my attention back to the breath, bringing my attention back. To, I had a thought, oh, but I'm not back to the breath. Come back to the breath. Um, and actually what that teaches you is because, first of all, our brains are plastic. It's called neuroplasticity. And so bringing our mind back to, using the mental muscle of bringing our attention back to the breath actually um, stimulates the neuroplasticity so that it rewires the brain so that you, that becomes stronger. So that coming back to the breath becomes easier and easier with time. It's exactly like a muscle. Exactly like exactly a muscle. Like exactly. Yay, connection. <laughs> um, I've actually, I've definitely experienced that and it is probably because of physical training mm -hmm. um, where I'll be in the sauna and literally just trying to focus on my breath. Because oh, you have to, If right? I don't focus on my breath. And you're like, I'm hot. I'm hot, I'm like, oh. And it's so, sweaty. it's such a cool experience. It's mm -hmm. weird. Because I'll come up with sauna and be like, not just because it's cooler outside, but more like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Like I feel very, um, I don't want to say enlightened, but I feel very like, ah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a weird feeling. So You, you, you um, put your mind into like a centered, calm, yeah. calm state. I feel like it's just, I guess it's just that macho way of thinking where it was just, it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I go in the sauna because it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. Can I stand the heat? Mm -hmm. Right? I didn't know from what your explanation is starting to connect. It's yeah, like, right? Oh, all right. It's actually me practicing the breath, practicing meditation. Yeah. Um, how can someone implement that baby steps? Baby steps start small, for sure. Start small. Um, how, how small? So don't go on a 10-day meditation retreat <laughs> for your first time meditating. Yeah. Starting small, I mean, like people are like, oh, I don't even think I can sit for five minutes. And I'm not asking you to sit for five minutes. How about just taking 10 breaths, oh. right? Um, and people think that you have to sit to meditate. You can actually lie down. You can stand. Uh, another good way is to find a guided meditation, right? So you're not just sitting there in your own thoughts, especially someone who has a lot of trauma, sitting alone with their own thoughts can actually um, go into a spiral yeah, downhill, right? Yeah, and then you come into some warped reality that doesn't even exist, right? So, What are some things that have helped, like what are some demons that you've had to deal with and how meditation has kind of helped you? Um, I think that one of the biggest things is uh, coming out of a reaction mind, actually out of a reaction state. So, and and what that means is, in a simple in a simple thing. So, I have kids. I have four boys, and sometimes I didn't birth all four of them. That's why I look this good. No, oh, I'm just kidding. Yay. Um, but a beautiful blended family. Um, but you know, sometimes the boys can can trigger you and say things that uh, really get you uh, your heart rate thing? going up. Oh, they'll be like, "I hate you," oh. and you're like, "What?" <laughs> or they'll be like, they'll say the F word or something, and you're just you're really not expecting that. Yeah. And so, uh, coming from a reactive mind, you initially want to be like attack yeah right whereas you come from a solution mind or a calm centered mind which is what you get after a sauna practice 
uh, or a sauna session, um, you can be like, okay, well, why, why do you hate me? What, what have I done that has made you hate me? And like, can we work through this? Can we work through your feelings yeah. instead of me getting mad and angry and then now everyone's angry and everyone's upset, right? How can we work through this together? Um, and so that I don't come from like a reactive state. That's a pretty cool, um, I, I don't know how you use reaction state. That's pretty cool, what's that word? Perspective, mm -hmm. right? It's a pretty cool perspective because it, <laughs> watching the Raptors playoffs mm -hmm. and listening to Kawhi and how he talks and how the, the Raptors talk, they're always on defense, right? They're always on like, okay, focus on the next thing. We can't react, we can react this way, but now we have to kind of scale back, okay, cool, what can we do with this issue, with this problem? And I find that in just being in a relationship with uh, a, a woman, right, with Brooke, it's like, there's a reason why that person's acting that way. And then in my head, it comes in like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. And then it comes out like, okay, why have you come to this point, mm. right? And I think, Training in the morning has definitely helped me with that. Training in the morning and getting that out of the way with has helped me with just my work, mm -hmm. right? Like dealing with clients, right? Who are like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Or this is too expensive. I don't want to buy this. And dealing with people, why do you not want to do that? Mm -hmm. How important it is to learn that reactionary aspect? Well, <clears throat> to be non-reactive. Yeah, to, to kind of just be like. Well, because the thing is, is like through, you know, through life, things can get you quite activated mm -hmm. or quite triggered. Yes, um, it's a big word nowadays. Triggered. Yeah, triggered, <laughs> triggering me. So I actually learned a new word, which is the same thing called I'm getting activated right now, which I actually like better because triggered is like I have a gun and I'm gonna, you know, yeah. shoot, shoot the trigger or whatever, pull the trigger. Um, and so. Sorry, I forgot your question. I've lost my, my train of thought here. <laughs> That's okay. How have some? How have, How do you help someone uh, learn that? I think learn we did to go, be non-reactive. Yeah. Yeah, meditation. meditation. My, mindfulness practice. Yeah. How intriguing is that process to you? How intriguing is that? Um, is it even intriguing to you? Yeah, I love it. It's it's totally changed my life, right? Um, it's allowed me to work through some inner demons in a better frame of mind, right? So that when I do become activated, um, I don't go into my old habits or like learned behaviors of like, you know, getting depressed or numbing it or avoiding it or um, those sort of things and actually being able to face it with in, in a better frame of mind. So how does this help? How has this helped you? Like physical fitness, general fitness and health? Um, general fitness, well, so I train and I do Olympic lifting um, and I have a really good coach that, that teaches me that. And Olympic lifting is, is, a, is a mental thing. It's a, definitely a mental thing because you're bringing heavy weight from the bottom all the way up to the top. And it gets scary when you come above chest. Am I actually gonna get that bar over my head? will my shoulder not collapse and like will it fall on my neck or yeah, something you see you those know? you see those things on youtube and it's just like oh my god yeah when yeah. they fail or when your arm dislocates yeah scary so um you have to come in, you have to like come into a, a kind of a mental mind frame where like 
first of all, when I have that bar in me, it's like I'm not thinking about anything else in that room except that bar and my connection to it, my breath to it. And then in my head, I'm just like, I can do this. And then I just fucking lift that shit up. <laughs> what advice would you would you give someone just starting out and going through that process and like wanting to implement a fitness lifestyle, but it's that whole perspective of I'm too busy, I got kids, you got, you got four, right? So it's, you have to understand that this isn't a, a, a quick fix. Um, it's not a crash diet. But I got 12 weeks on my vacation, Stacy. Yeah, I know, and I and I totally get there. Like, I have a wedding, and I want to look great in my dress, and I totally, totally understand that. But if you want any of these habits to be ingrained into you, um, like you said, it has to be a lifestyle. It, it it's not it's not something that's going to happen in twelve weeks. I mean, it, it will, but the longevity of it is not long lasting. Yeah, because you'll see the results, and you'll kind of want to go. You want, you'll want to be complacent. Yeah, but then what's going to happen is you still haven't worked through your bad habits. And so mm, exactly. once you've done the 12 weeks, you'd be like, oh, well, I'm going to have that bag of chips and a burger and fries or whatever, you know, yeah. like, and then, then it's like, oh, that was so good that I'm going to do it the next day. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Like, I'll start again tomorrow yeah. in my, on my diet plan. And you go plan. slowly go back to your default. To what, yeah, you, your default. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we how teach default. Is, yeah. we do, right? And the default is so comfortable. Well, default is what we all live in. We all live in our default state. Um, or what, Where does know, the default auto- stem from, from your expertise? Um, the default is, well, that's just our, our mind-body system. Like, th- when you think about it like this, when you drove to go get your camera, did you really, do you remember the drive? Do you remember bit, yeah. where you turned? Do you remember the the person um, in the car beside you when you stopped at no. the red light? No. Yeah, because you weren't mindful about your surroundings, about what was going I on, was right? You're on autopilot. Yeah. You were just going through the going through the reins, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, going back to mindfulness and the practice of mindfulness, that actually teaches you uh, a new state um, instead of being in, in your default state, which actually can is actually it actually um doesn't help you it's not actually like serving you to your higher to your higher to your higher self um and what you want is to get out of that default state and to come into a better a higher state of consciousness what's called like a metacognitive um consciousness which is pretty much means understanding your thought processes better hmm. how do you is, i guess is meditation the answer to how to find yes. that. Yes. Oh, I'm just going to keep bringing it back here. <laughs> Meditation is the answer to everything, apparently. Um, so then, I've heard, I'm not sure if this is your practice, and I don't want to be ignorant, but I will ask the question That's anyways, right. is what's this whole, like, Hikoa? What practice? Hikoa, I fucking am butchering it right now. But that practice of, you know, empathy. Have you heard of that? Like, compassion? Yeah, is that what is that? Well, compassion and em- empathy are around the same thing. Same mm-hmm. thing. So, how does that help with someone's, um, I guess, troubles and distractions? If you're too, like, again, I'm, it's me being a meathead. Like, oh, you're just babying, like. Oh, okay. Right? I see what you're saying. Well, because when you're put, when you, it's easy to just put, point the finger and blame someone else. 
But when you've actually put yourself in their shoes and understand their struggles um, and that maybe there are some type of things going on in their head and their family, there's, there's so many variables and factors that come into place, why people struggle, right? And so you have to come with a loving heart and loving kindness is what they teach because coming with hate and aggression um, doesn't actually make someone want to change or make mm -hmm. someone want to get help. Okay. How do you influence someone to get into, you know, fitness? Um, I think that's by first working on myself <laughs> and, okay. and showing them, uh, showing what, I, what I've been able to do and what I've been able to overcome, right? Um, Practice what you preach. Yeah, exactly. What is, uh, again, with, right, let's say, like, how important is, you know, eating in this whole lifestyle? Oh, eating is the number one the thing. Number it's one actually thing. more important than training, I'll tell you. 100%. That. I believe Because, um, your energy levels is, um, I mean, if you're eating highly processed food, um, lots of meats, and especially meats that are filled with like a probiotics and antibiotics, then what you're putting into your body isn't really helping your en energetic systems, right? And um, then you can't have like a sustained energy level throughout the day. You're having highs and lows. And so then what are you doing? Then you're adding caffeine into the mix, right? Mm -hmm. You're adding caffeine to like help you keep that up up level throughout the whole day. And then towards the end of the day, you crash and then you're just completely wiped. And then what happens in the morning? Then you repeat the whole process over and over again. So eating is like the number one thing to, before, I even say before working out and like trying to implement that sort of stuff. So what is, is there a perfect diet, perfect program? No, everybody's different. Um, and every, I think more in this day and age too, um, because of all the chemicals and toxins that are out in the air and in our environment, um, most of us have lots of food sensitivities. So you can't just give a, a particular diet to someone. And also people have their religious values, right? Some people don't eat pork or don't eat meat in general or only eat you know, white meat on Fridays or Sundays or something like that. So you have to take that into consideration as yeah. well. I definitely stopped. I definitely stopped. I stopped um, giving out meal plans mm -hmm. because of that. Mm -hmm. And it's because like I shouldn't be your almost doctor or band-aid giver. Yeah, I mean, so when I learned to become a personal trainer, uh, I was told to uh, not give nutritional advice. And, and so kind of how I've worked around that um, is that I first say that I am not a nutritionist. Yes, I do that too. Um, and that what I can do though is look at your food diary yeah. and give you some changes that can might help mm -hmm. in, in terms of substituting things that are better. How important is that food diary? It's so important. Yeah. And uh, most people don't really, are not on top of it. Yeah, they don't. They don't but know. when I've actually taken it and I've looked at it, I'm like, oh, okay, like there's so many little things that you can change. And the most important thing is to just eat whole foods. Like yeah. stop the prepackaged stuff. Yeah. And and also cut out sugar. Sugar is yeah. a big thing because sugar is just like caffeine. It's a drug. Mm -hmm. um, it does give you that high feeling. What about fruit, Stacy? Fruit is fine. Fruit you can have. Mm -hmm. But you just can't have ten of them. It's all everything is about moderation, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um 
So with that diet speaking, um, how do you help someone understand that you have to treat your body almost like a business and take down stats, take down, you know. I like treating your body more as a temple. Okay, cool, right? But like, you know, the importance of, you know, knowing what's actually going on. And one of the ways is to write it down. Yeah, because then you're actually giving them some insight Mm -hmm. into um, what they're doing, because sometimes, uh, eating for people can be a very mindless thing, right? Yeah. Where you're like, whatever, I'm just gonna stop at Tim Hortons and grab like a coffee and a bagel because like I haven't had breakfast today, right? Um, and I also think that from there, once they've had a bit of insight, then you can start passing on some knowledge. Um, and you have to start little, mm-hmm. you really do. Like for me, I think the first thing I do is drink more water. Um, but then also, and then if you want to even go further, what kind of water are you drinking? Because um, I'll tell you something, tap water isn't good for you. Um, and sorry if you drink tap water, but it, it isn't. It decalcifies your, your pineal gland, which is up in your brain. And what is the pineal your pineal gland, gland is uh, a very it opens funny up word. your uh, third eye, <laughs> third eye chakra, right? And to your higher spiritual realm so all right you lost me go into into that um there's a lot of chemicals put in into our water system and uh, through time these things can decalcify things in our brain like the pineal gland um that actually helps them stop functioning to their to their uh full potential what's the importance of that gland um Significant I actually don't know, but I think it has something to do with more like higher cognitive um, ability, mm-hmm. which is just um, more in terms of like your higher consciousness sort of thing. Do you, a, do you believe in like these mind pills? What are these I mind forgot, pills? I forgot what they're called, but you know, there's like that helps brain function. Uh, it depends what's in them. I mean, I think if there's like some, like if it's some more herb, like more herbs and stuff, then I think it's fine. But when you start getting into chemicals, and especially things that are from like the phar- pharmaceutical in, um, industry, then you have to be careful with that. They're called neutral. I would just say that you might as well just eat more whole foods, <laughs> and also. Um, if you can, nootropics. That's yeah, nootropics. Yeah, I've never. I don't. I don't never. know. Yeah. Um, but eating whole, whole foods and also trying to cut out meat as much. So. Do you still eat meat? I eat meat once in a while. Yeah. Yes. What's What's so bad? Well, I guess the hormones and stuff. Is that, is that well, why? Well, hormones and stuff. But then it's also more of um, an empathy thing too, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want to eat animals and stuff. It's actually not really sustaining my body the way that I needed to, the way the fruits and vegetables can, and legumes and, and nuts and seeds and stuff. This is actually something I wonder about. Why is there such a bad, like, oh, you're vegan, you're vegetarian, oh, you don't eat meat? Why is there such a bad stigma? I think it's because it's people's insecurities. Um, How so? Well, I think maybe <laughs> maybe in, a, in some deep level that they know that like eating a lot of meat is not good for them mm-hmm. and in in a subconscious level maybe yeah. or unconscious level too right um and also because people don't like change ah. 
What's your biggest pet peeve in the fitness industry right now? Or I'm gonna say pet peeves I don't want to hate, like a critique. I think um, the distorted body image that people have, um, because it really teaches, especially the younger generations, um, that their bodies aren't perfect mm. if they don't look a certain way. Yeah. And that's where, you know, things like Instagram and all these sort of influencers like have like can actually be a very powerful tool if it's used in the right way. Um, you know, having a, having a flat stomach actually might not even be that healthy for you. Right. You know, some women, you know, have lost so much body fat that they've stopped getting their periods. Right. These are things that are actually more detrimental to your health than, you know, having a bit of fat on you. That's actually a very good segue because I want to ask, like, how much emphasis should people focus on that? Well, I think what has to come first is learning to love yourself and learn to love and accept your body the way it is. And then from that, making the changes so that you start to feel good. Yeah, because I come from the bodybuilding world, as you know, mm -hmm. and I still train that way because I like I like training yeah, that way. You should, yeah, you should still I enjoy do it. That. Yeah. Um, but I've it's not healthy. The last six weeks of that prep is not healthy, right? You are doing immense amounts of cardio. You're you know slowly dehydrating yourself, and then you know what? You also you know you might spike your insulin levels by having an un unhealthy food. Right, just to kind of so your body just soaks everything up. Why is you know the six pack, the shredded body, at least for men, is why is why is something so unhealthy deemed as oh shit? I want to look like that. Uh, I think that that might have to be more with just what society has taught us, right? That that's what people should strive to, which is totally unmaintainable like you said the last six weeks of like like dehydrating yourself like can you you're imagine dying. your like cortisol levels and like yeah. what that's actually doing to your internal organs mm -hmm. like yeah you're gonna look good for a picture for whatever show for a couple hours but then like what's that doing to your long-term health mm -hmm. right people always only think about the what's it gonna help and serve me now but yeah. you you see a lot of bodybuilders for instance who die early of a heart attack yeah or you see them when they get older and they have like they're in huge amounts of pain and they're deteriorating yeah and like what so that they you know can look good for mm -hmm. like a small part of their look good yeah for a small part of their life so then know? let's talk let's talk about women mm -hmm. okay. I want to get your uh, perspective on it is how can a woman stray away from that? Like, you don't have to have the flat stomach to be healthy, right? How do you help a woman stray away from the shiny object? Um, again, that goes back to uh, learning to love yourself. I thought because, you were going to say meditate. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's learning to love yourself and learning to love you and your imperfections. Um, I mean, I'll tell you when I had, when I was growing a baby inside of me, the, the, how fast my body changed in such a short amount of time. Like that was a huge mind fuck for me because I've always been like this slim person and now 
my thighs are getting bigger. I'm getting stretch marks like on places that I, you know, never thought I would. And my stomach keeps, you know, growing and like my face is bad and my cheeks are like, you know, it's like there's all these things that you have to work through. Um, but then you also have to, like for me in that case, realize that like, well, what I'm doing is I'm actually growing something inside of me and it's not just about me yeah. at that point. Um, and so for a woman who is like struggling with body image issues, um, they really do have to come to a place of self-acceptance and with themselves and probably how sh they should get started with that is to start working on healing some stuff that's going on with them. Be because step. to have types of body image, like that didn't just come out of nowhere. Yeah, like, of something happened to you, some type of trauma that made you feel that way. Um, some women uh, use, uh, you know, food as like a way to control because they feel like they don't lack control in their, or they um, don't have enough control in their life. So this is something that they can control. And that's also a very unhealthy thing too, right? Because then you're controlling how much you eat and you're like, I can only eat at this certain yeah, time really of the day and blah, 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 it. right? And then you're just then you're not really living, right? And like, it's okay to also indulge once in a while. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? We are humans living this human experience. Like, why why not have that, whatever, piece of cake or- Tub of ice cream. Like a couple scoops of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> gonna go into, that's gluttony right there. Yeah, not right? gonna be gluttonous. But that's the thing is like how, um, again, another segue to my question is like, how do you control or even not control, but deal with those gluttonous things. Because you're going to want, there's some days you're going to want to, you're going to feel like wanting a tub of ice cream or a piece of cake. Yeah, but, what, but what's the underlying feeling to that, right? Because sometimes okay. people eat their emotions, okay. right? Why something triggered you that day that made you want to get that ice cream and eat the whole thing, right? So where did that come from? What did someone say to you? like? You know, I had someone, uh, a friend of mine, uh, something happened to her in that where she was having a conversation with someone and, and throughout that conversation, that person never really let her speak. He never let her really speak. So oh, this is a relationship. Like, okay, cool. Well, I don't know if it was a relationship or it was a friend thing, whatever, but she didn't get to voice anything. And that triggered her. And what did she end up doing that day? She ate a whole pizza. So it's like being aware of seeing the things in your life that trigger you that make you want to emotionally eat yeah. or not eat. Go either way. But it's also, you're also aware in that moment, like this pizza is only going to make me feel good for this moment. Yeah. So why do it anyway? Why do it? Yeah. Yeah, why do it? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's, yeah, you that, have to be the first. Yeah. Sure. yeah. So it is all about the habits. It's about the hourly tasks, right? What you do each hour of the day to kind of build this person or to build this lifestyle you want to live for the rest of your life. How do you get your shit done? Mm, well, there are certain things that have to be done throughout the day, but I also live in a, a sense of just kind of going with the flow um, because the nature of my business, which I'm sure you've experienced too with training and massage is that sorry Charlene's calling me that's weird oh is that um, it's probably trying to uh, hold, hold of me um, is that uh, I lost my train of thought shit sorry 
how hourly ha the okay. habits pass so, um, so the nature of our business is that things get cancelled all the time things get rescheduled people can't make it and whatever and so it's not getting too attached to those things and kind of going with the flow um, I find when you have certain expectations like that can lead to disappointment yeah. because you wanted something done a certain way and it didn't work out that way Okay, so then when life happens, you know, mm -hmm. your your boys are being little shits to you, um, you know, things just like set you off that day, how are you still able to, or how do you overcome them and still get your things done to create the lifestyle you want to live? So if they're being little shits and stuff, then... In the nicest way possible. <laughs> in the nicest way possible, yeah. yes. Uh, learning how to self-regulate um, and learning how to self-parent. Okay. So, for instance, um, uh, two nights ago, I had some friends over in the evening. I had to teach meditation. It was really late. They left yeah. my house at midnight, and my first client was at 6 a.m. in the morning. Whoa. And so, when I woke up that day, I knew what type of frame of mind I would be in. Yeah. I was going to be tired. Yeah. I was going to be irritable. Uh, things could uh, trigger me very quickly. Yeah. And so first, as I start off the day, okay, I'm aware that I'm going to be in this state of mind. Yeah. So what are things that I can do throughout this day that are going to help me feel better? So it's backtracking. Yeah. So, you know, after I trained, I, I, I can come home and, and I can try and get some sleep so that I can be in a better frame of mind so I can take care of my kid and I can do all the other million things that I have to do throughout the day. So there's always going to be struggles. There's always going to be things that hold you back. Mm -hmm. How, what can you do better to implement this whole fitness lifestyle? And mind lifestyle in your case too. Well, what are things that you can improve on? So first thing is that things are always going to come in, negative things are always going to come um, into your your life and so learning how to have a better frame of mind and dealing with it um, not coming from a reactive state or a triggered state um, and then also putting fitness into your life as something that you would think of as eating you eat every day that's something you do you don't not eat yes and so fitness you have to think of fitness the same thing like for me like I we mentioned I mentioned earlier well, it was before you had pressed the record button, but fitness is my antidepressant, right? So that would be my pill that I would have to take every day. So in whatever capacity that is, that has to happen. Because if that doesn't happen, then I'm not feeling good. And if I'm not feeling good, then I can't parent well. And then I can't get all the shit that I have to get done throughout the day. Is there a lot of, you know, quote unquote diseases that can be helped through Living a healthier lifestyle, a spiritual lifestyle. Yes. Yeah. Name one. Cancer. Cancer. Diabetes. Oh yeah, you did um, mention that. Disease, I just didn't record it. PTSD, <laughs> anxiety, depression, all those stuff. Yeah. Can be naturally solved. Yep. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. For, for example. For and the thing is, is that we, but we are taught not to think like that we are taught to have the quick fix to just take a pill and everything will will be all right but i'm going to tell you something taking a pill is just a band-aid approach yes right you're just masking it 
um, until the, like it, you know, until you're putting it in the steam pot, and yeah. it's just going to start brewing and brewing and brewing, and then one day you're going to have a melting point, and it's going to explode. So this is actually starting to come out within the fitness industry, and is, you know, we're at least for me, and I, I guess for you as well, is that you're selling the long term. Right? Mm -hmm. What are the what is the long term um, effects of what you're actually doing within my program right now? Well, so one thing that, um, and I actually took this on as a philosophy that my friend, who's a trainer, did too, and it's something that I always felt strongly about, um, is that I'm your trainer, but I'm not gonna be here forever for you, and so what I am doing is I am passing on all the knowledge that I know to you so that you gain the confidence yeah. and skills so that you can do it on your own. Mm -hmm. And then that helps you be that person that you want to be. And then that allows me room to help someone else go through that same process again. So how do you help someone get out of that cycle? You know, that cycle of like, I need another personal trainer. I need another diet plan. I need another workout program. How do you help someone get over that cycle of failure? Because um, they'll so, fail, come back, fail, come back, fail, come back. Well, sometimes you kind of have to let them go through that cycle because, like I said, it's it's like telling an addict to stop doing whatever. But it is also stuff. their default, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So how do you get them out of the default? How do you slowly change? That's a really good question. Um, and I think that like one of the biggest big things is to give them some knowledge about what it is that they can do so that when you when you do something like a crash diet or or um or just like a 12 week program and stuff like what are the what are the actual outcomes that you want like what is it that you that you want you I'm want to lose 40 pounds you want to lose 40 pounds okay so but the thing is is that you can't do that in 12 weeks or you can't if the crash diet doesn't work right um, and then it always it all goes back to like changing but it your does life. work I see it it does work but it's not long-lasting and that's the problem is that do you want it to be long-lasting or do you want the 12 weeks if you want the 12 weeks to just lose it then do it so is right? there a strategy to sell that or to again you can't convince someone but is there a way to kind of you know you know let's push aside the vanity aspect of it and you know this is what you want abs great it won't happen in 12 weeks, but I can guarantee it in two years, right? How do you, obviously that's not as appealing as 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants it now. Yeah. But how do you, how would you, quote unquote, market that? Hmm. I don't know. I actually wouldn't market something like that because I don't believe in like the 12 week thing. Yes. I don't, like I just, I wouldn't even work with someone like that. I wouldn't, like I can teach them all that I know and I can teach them to have a better lifestyle, but when it comes to that, it's like sometimes you're just kind of biting heads with someone Yeah. and it's just not gonna work. Yeah, I've got a lot of experience where like, you know, after their session count or after their mentorship is over, they kind of slowly go back into what they've been used to and then they come back like, I wasted so much money on this guy, and then you get a bad review. Mm -hmm. Is there any way to stop that? I don't know, like, uh, just a, a thought that I had too, um, before you had mentioned that, was like, you know, I work with a lot of older women, and women that are experiencing menopause. And when you experience menopause, like, 
your body starts to change and there's things that you can't control like there's more belly fat things are starting to get you're getting bloated and you can't change that you can't have that flat stomach that you had in your early 20s like that's just not I mean you could but like at what to what extent like to what are you putting in jeopardy of for that your health like your the fact that you can't enjoy life because you're in total restriction like is that even a, a type of quality life that you want to live yeah so you have to think about those things too and yeah if you get a bad review you get a bad review but like use that as a learning strategy like don't take that as such a bad thing right like then how can you be better and how can you work around that client Agreed. a bit better right all right stacy i know you do have to go i appreciate you coming on at the end of this i do have a hot seat right roxy i had her on she classified it as a hot seat so i guess it is fun okay all right so just a few questions um What's your Instagram Instagram about? Is there a theme to what you post? Um, no, I like to keep my Instagram pretty private. Um, I mean, like I had mentioned before, uh, I don't market anything online. I do have a website and I have all that stuff, but I've been very fortunate to have um, all my clients come to me through word of mouth. What are some things, actually, let, what are two things that are that you have to get done every single day to be you? Mm. I have to drink my green smoothie. <laughs> You're one of those. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Um, I don't drink coffee, so okay. these are that's something that allows me to keep my energy level throughout the day. Okay. Um, I meditate. Cool. Mm -hmm. What are you grateful for? I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for this present moment, and um, I'm grateful that. Um, I live in Canada and I'm able to experience all the things that I can here. What's the what's the best advice you've ever received anywhere, anyone? The best advice I've ever received. Just don't take life too seriously. What's your biggest fear and how do you overcome it? Mm, that's a good question. Um, my biggest fear uh, was people not understanding me properly um, and how I overcame that. Well, how so, sorry? Um, so, uh, especially, sorry, when I, I didn't um, expand yeah, on that. Yeah, give some context. Um, especially when you come into public speaking or presenting um, and how I overcame that is I just kept doing it and I, I did it with people um, that I felt really supportive and um, that didn't judge me um, and they knew that this was a, a, a fear that I was working through um, and when it did happen just the empowerment I felt after it was like oh I wasn't judged um, everyone did understand it I do know stuff like I should have more uh, faith in myself so you did the reps mm -hmm. just repped it out yeah, just repped it out, <laughs> <Rep> out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's your kryptonite with anything. What is, like, what a... What's your Christian? I like weakness. Bad um, Clearly you don't like Superman. Yeah, like, wait, what? <laughs> um, mindless uh, activity. So, and that could be, uh, like, scrolling on Instagram or using social media or just not 
using my time as wisely as I need to be. What's something quirky about you? Quirky about me? I, I'm definitely like an old lady. Like I like my puzzles and I like to knit and <laughs> I like my blankets and I like to be all cuddly and, and comforted, so yeah. What advice can you give someone who's struggling with fitness and our spiritual being? Don't be so hard on yourself. Um, you can do it. And um, just make sure that you have a really good support network. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? See myself in 10 years. Um, probably traveling the world and teaching meditation and um, helping people die gracefully. A couple questions left. Yeah. What's the last thing you do when you go to bed? Last thing I do when I go to bed is I meditate. <laughs> so I should title this meditation. <laughs> Last question, what advice would you give the kid, you saw a girl just like you walking down the street of Toronto, what would you say to her? I would say you are worthy and you are loved and you are supported and you've got this. Thank you, Stacey, for coming on. Yeah. If you could do one last thing for me, into this camera, if this is the post-workout podcast, if you can do an intro for me, go ahead. An intro? Yeah. To what? The post-workout podcast? Yeah. So this is... Okay. Yeah, there you go. This is an intro to the post-workout podcast. <laughs> okay, do it again. <laughs> that was shit. You don't have to say intro to the post-workout podcast. Well, I don't know what you... What do you... This is the post-workout podcast. I'm here with oh. my girl, Stacey. I'm, I'm Johnny. Welcome to the episode. I don't know. Do whatever. I want your personality to come out because I know you're going red right now. It's awkward. <laughs> because we're making me do something. I'm putting you I on the spot. Exactly. That's why I love it so much. Okay. You're growing this as a person. This is... All right. The Welcome. Podcast. Okay, cool. Welcome. Um, you're joining myself, Stacy, and Jonathan, and we're doing a post. The post workout. The podcast. post workout podcast. Perfect. Take three. Let's do it again. <laughs> this group for you is amazing. Uh, hold on. <laughs> Sweaty. My face is all red. Okay. Welcome. Um, this is Stacy, and I'm with Jonathan, who's the host here for the Post-Workout Podcast. Take four. I need things to choose from. I need things to choose from. What? Oh, <laughs> I need to choose. Hi, this is Stacy, and I'm here with Jonathan, who's the host, and this is your Post-Workout Podcast. Cool. Staring at the camera this time. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> the funny thing is, you don't actually have to do this. I, I'm off. I know. Thank you for entertaining this. I know. I know. Okay. One last time. You gotta do the reps, right? You gotta do the reps. Yeah.